Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to our Tuesday show once again. We do two segments now every week, so you have two opportunities to hang out with us, both in the middle and at the end of your week. And on this Tuesday show, we have Nick Gray returning. He might be one of the main people who comes on to the uh, early of the week show. Uh, and Nick and I get together to talk about some of the top headlines. Now, I wanted to come in here and talk about trade shows continuously getting canceled, in particular E3 and Comic-Con, because they are near and dear to my heart. Uh, the other thing that we talk about in the first half of the episode is DJI's brand new drone, the $1,299 FPV. But then in the back half, we have some teasers uh, from both OnePlus and Oppo, and we talk about how they might make us a little less hyped for the phones, but also give us a good glimpse into something that we can look forward to, at least in the case of what might be the Oppo Find X3 Pro. With all that said, let's go ahead and get into this episode, this segment of the Bacchanal Weekly Podcast for this week. Enjoy. There is one thing I wanted to start the show off with, though. Um, it's going to be a show about teasers. And we have a couple of teasers in the back half of the show that were that were like showing up on social media and all that stuff. But I actually have a physical teaser that I can show off on the show. Um, now, obviously, we don't do a video version of the podcast, but I'll just sort of paint a word picture of what we're looking at here. It is a Qualcomm box. And what it says here on the front is uh, Qualcomm Snapdragon Sound. Save the date March 4th. So March 4 at 8 a.m. Pacific apparently is that's the date you should be saving and here's what it says on the front qualcomm snapdragon sound lets listeners experience the very best in audio whether they're gaming streaming music or making voice and video calls now i've, I've obviously already i've obviously already looked inside the box but there are a couple of cool things here like there's this little record i i don't have a record player and i, I would really i would i would I, i'm sure this is fake but wouldn't it be cool if i put it on a record player there was actually something to play on this uh, you can you can pick up a record player for like ten bucks. Yeah, that's true. Go to uh, you should Urban Outfitters and uh, <laughs> Urban. You just go to Amazon, man. Just go to Amazon. <laughs> uh, there is another one, but this one says Amazon Music, so that's teasing like the partnership that probably Qualcomm is uh, working on. And then on the other side, there's this little. I, I I always forget what the word is for these things. I just called it a like a like a plaque, but it's acrylic. It's like an acrylic th acrylic thing. How cool is this? Qualcomm Snapdragon Sound, and it looks like the interface of like a Spotify player. The album, uh, the the artist is Joshua Vergara, and the album is JV Tech T. <laughs> nice. So when's your album coming out? My mixtape? I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no... Never. Though I will say, um, you know, with they're with, bringing back mixtapes, that's what they're doing. <laughs> so uh, March fourth, everybody, um, you know, the, in in literally a couple of days, and yeah, I'm going to post this on social media a little bit later, just as a bit of a teaser. But you know what? If uh, if this is going to be like an enhancement on wireless audio or anything like that, I'm I'm all for it. Obviously, we've all like all of us tech enthusiasts and YouTubers, we're all about that wireless earbud life or wireless headphone life. Um, so yeah, be good to see that. I, I do hope that we see further enhancements in low latency audio because you and I, we game enough on phones mm -hmm. that we kind of, we don't really need it though, right? Like, have you ever been in a situation where the lag has really messed you up? Oh yeah, Call of Duty Mobile is horrible with really? audio lag. Yeah, if you play with wireless headphones or earbuds, there's there's a good tenth of a second lag. So like if you hear a shot, 
you've already been hit like five times. Oh, dang. Or if, you know, and I, I play with headphones all the time simply because, especially with um, you know, the different gameplay, you can actually hear people's footsteps and it's stereo audio. So you can tell where, which direction they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And if you hear footsteps with wireless earbuds, they've already gotten too close and you're, you're dead, essentially, if you haven't seen them already. Ah, okay. Well, uh, partially... I think it was because of our podcast not too long ago that, um, or was it me and TK on his show, that we were talking about getting, about mobile games, and we talked about Call of Duty Mobile, and now uh, the good Mr. Mobile, Michael Fisher, is now addicted to Call of Duty Mobile. (laughs) Oh, he's addicted now, huh? Well, I don't know if he's addicted, but he started playing Uh. it. It's going to be like his testing game, which it should be. It should be one of them. Um, but the whole point I made during that episode was that more and more games. Oh, so it was on TK's stream. It was on TK's uh, Saturday morning stream. Uh, more and more games are starting to take advantage of the specs that we have in in the sense that we now have graphics quality settings. And if there was no need for gaming phones, I would be able to play Call of Duty Mobile and Genshin Impact at max settings on an iPhone, which I cannot. So that alone tells me gaming phones deserve a place in our lexicon. That being said, though, um, you know, I talked about this last time about, you know, upcoming gaming phones and how I don't think they're really needed because I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum from you on this point. But games like Call of Duty Mobile, they either allow you to max out frame rate or the quality settings of the graphics not both at the same time i believe the only device that can do it is the sony xperia mark ii uh, which they have an exclusive partnership with because they collaborated with tencent games in order to do that Mm -hmm. but looking at uh you know my galaxy s21 ultra playing the game uh, it has the overlay i can see what my frame rate is and what my gpu load is while playing that game and my GPU load is sitting at 12%. Yeah. While maxed out frame rate and also either the second highest graphic setting or the highest graphic setting and the second highest frame rate setting. I'm like, you guys are simply limiting me my capabilities here of using the maximum settings because someone paid you to make it an exclusive on one device. There's no reason for the limitation in that point. But yeah. even on some of the games, I'm looking and maxing out some of the settings and uh, you know, after playing for 30 minutes, your phone definitely takes a hit, uh, you know, because it's heat- heated up and, you know, it's trying to throttle things so that it can keep up. Um, but there, honestly, there really aren't that many games that really push these phones to the limit right now. And the ones that do, I've seen actually do it like right at the very beginning. And I think it's because the games really aren't that well optimized. Typically they're from smaller developers. They're not the bigger, bigger names that we, we typically see, but um, mobile gaming has gotten so good that we should be able to take full advantage of the hardware that yeah. we have. But I think we're being artificially limited to certain frame rates on a lot of games when it could go a lot higher. I still, I still think phones are a great way of reintroducing or introducing somebody to like the yesteryears of gaming. Like it's, it's a great way for me to re 
to, to, to go back to something like Dragon Quest Eight or Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Like these are all Grand Theft Auto Three and San Andreas. Like these are all games that mm. end up on platforms like mobile. Um, and it's great to be able to play it again on a mobile device. Like I get that current games obviously cannot really be ported over to mobile quite as easily. And that's fine. That's just the way it goes. Um, but uh, who knows? Maybe one day Nintendo's finally going to get wise and be like, ooh, what if we make a virtual console application for iOS and Android? Like, how amazing oh, would that be? I mean, all you have to do is release the game as... I mean, we have emulators for all the old, you know, Nintendo yeah. games, right? You can play them on, you know, an iPhone. You can play them on an Android device. Uh, but you know, why can't we just get Super Mario Brothers and I can do a speed run on my on my phone? You know what it is? And it's going to be people going, I shouldn't have to pay for it just to play it on mobile, like that kind of thing. Um, well, I'm sorry what you played for, paid for Super Mario Brothers 35 years ago <laughs> that you're, you're, you can't play to pay $2 to play it on your phone. Adjusting, really? adjusting for, uh, for inflation is probably like an $80 game now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. But like, how many people would pay two bucks to play the classics Mario Brothers? Yeah, totally. Honestly, I I would pay ten bucks to play Super Mario Brothers three. I would play. Super uh, is it Yoshi's Island? It's the one with the baby, the one that everyone loves, the baby Mario. It must be Yoshi's yeah. Island. That's like one yeah, of the is. most beloved games of all time. Um, but we are talking a little bit about gaming right now, and it's a bit of a segue, but I just wanted to put this out there. Again, we are welcome to the new format of the show. We we are coming to you twice a week, and I have I imagine that you, Nick, are going to be on the Tuesday shows more often than not, because you and I, we, we literally talk every day about, and, and for the month of March, we're going to be talking every day about what work we're doing, so we know when we're available. <laughs> um, but yeah, the... Uh, one of the announcements that sort of came out that struck a chord with me a bit is E3, Comic-Con, Anime Expo, all shows, all trade conventions that happen in my neck of the woods, be it LA or San Diego, they are all canceled for the second year in a row, which is a bummer. Um, some of my favorite memories in the tech industry is from e3s of like 2016 2015 those were like some of the best times i've ever had because i'm a gamer i i i do declare myself a gamer even if i hardly finish games on a consistent basis uh but yeah uh without e3 without these shows it goes to show you like we still are not out of the woods when it comes to literally the pandemic so my question here is two questions reactions to these shows being canceled again and number two why the frick are we still having mwc then <laughs> Uh, um, so not having <laughs> attended E3, uh, I can't say how disappointed I will or will not be with the show not taking place. I think we all survived last year with E3 not going forward. True. And manufacturers, like, uh, yes, it is a big deal for people who typically do attend and manufacturers who have, you know, booths showing off their new games or new consoles if, you know, something's coming out at that time point. Um, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, most people don't get to attend. Most people don't get to be there in person. Uh, so it's for the majority of people, they're simply looking for whatever those press releases are, or, you know, they have a virtual show, uh, by each of the game developers showing off, you know, whatever titles they're showing off for that year. 
And those will still happen, you know, just like we had a virtual CES, you know, we still had all those, you know, it's, it's kind of lame when you are used to showing up in person to a tech trade show and you get to see it in person, even though, you know, whatever you see, especially during a press conference, you're like, seriously, this had to be 45 minutes. Couldn't you just give me an email and, you know, all the details in a quick two minute video and we could have been good to go. I could have gone done, you know, 10 other things in the meantime, yep. uh, but it's still engaging to see and the experience is different when you are there. So for those who would have gone to E3 and Comic-Con, um, you know, those are experiences that you live through, not just something that you're like, Hey, it's just another news cycle. Uh, it's more of, um, it's more of a cultural event, especially with Comic-Con, definitely more of a cultural event than just, you know, announcements and, you know, trade shows and, and stuff like Comic-Con that. is so much fun. Like being a San Diego, well, I'm, I'm an LA native, but I lived in San Diego for some time, man, that week when Comic-Con happens is just so magical. The entire downtown area transforms into this nerd mecca. And, <laughs> and this, this part of me that I suppressed growing up is allowed to come out and I'm with my people. <laughs> I'll never forget going one time and um, I was with one of my friends at a restaurant. Uh, I didn't attend the show that year. I was in, I was just out of college. I was actually, I think I was still in college, but we were just eating at a restaurant not far from the convention center. And all of a sudden we start hearing a lot of screaming and there's like a group of four dudes dressed as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like nice. running down the, the road, like acting like they're going to go like fight Shredder or something. And doing and, parkour. Yeah, pretty much. There were flips. Like, you're right. Like, you, you nailed it on the head. And they, uh, yeah, it was so funny. And then on the way back, I don't know what they did when they got there, but on the way back, you can see them like, like, like having fun, walking back to wherever they came from, going, go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go. <laughs> ninja go it was like so cool anyway like it's a shame that we can't have that but the thing is it's understandable given our current situation mm -hmm. so that's why i ask why are we still speculating on having mwc <laughs> in June? so uh, i've uh, not to say that mwc they're i'm backing what they are doing but i i think a lot of Within the tech community, we've seen a lot of criticism about MWC and it, that going forward. But I think people completely forget that IFA took place as an in-person event last fall. Yeah. And they did it right. They had social distancing. But I, the signs of the time is nobody showed up, actually. Like, they, they showed all these seats of social distancing and these tech lounges. And every shot that people shared I, I know a couple people who did attend but it was a vert literal ghost town not a virtual ghost town, a literal ghost town nobody showed up for their event so you know mwc can go on and i imagine if things aren't in an adequate spot where you know this pandemic is under control it's going to be the same but you know we're seeing you know people are complaining about this we're seeing sports events taking place with you know you we there was the Super Bowl and they had, you know, X amount, thousands of people in a stadium. The NBA is going forward and every arena is slowly opening up and they're allowing 15 to 20% capacity in those arenas. So like, it seems kind of, for me, kind of rude to, you know, pick on uh, MWC for hosting an event. People who will want to attend will attend. Those who think, 
it's not a huge issue for them personally will attend. Yeah. I personally will not. Um, Same. And- I, I had this conversation with Jaime on the last episode and he was like, you're going to get vaccinated by the time it happens, if it happens in June. Like, why wouldn't you go? And I'm like, I still don't think it's safe. Like, I just don't. Like, it's not, why, why would I contribute to a situation where just because I'm vaccinated, I'm allowed to be somewhere where so many other people aren't and they're not safe and they're forced to work there and they're forced to be a part of this situation that could get them in trouble, like health-wise. So it's like, I, I, I don't feel comfortable is my whole thing. And it's, it's, it's just, I see... I see that one part of the industry is making certain moves and the other part of the industry is sticking to its guns. And I understand both situations. I understand both sides. But at the same time, it's like, I ain't going. (laughs) I just just ain't going. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, it's, I think it's scheduled for the end of June, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'd imagine I would probably be able to get a vaccine by then. I'm you know, my late 30s. So they every couple of weeks here in Ohio, they start dropping the age restrictions on who can and cannot get a vaccine. Uh, I think they opened it up to anybody, I think anybody over the age 60 this week. Uh, but still at that point, I mean, our state is only about 15% vaccinated. If you subtract uh, people under the age of 16 or 18, um, that number goes up to probably about 20 to 22 percent. Um, and granted, there are still months ahead of us, so things could change dramatically between now and then. I don't think they will, but there is the possibility, right? Mm-hmm. And by then, at least here in the U.S., I would say 50 to 60 percent of the population who is eligible for a vaccine should have it by then i don't know what it's going to be like over in europe and spain specifically i haven't been following what their you know vaccination rates have been uh but it has been a little bit slower in europe in every country outside of the uk yeah yeah that's my other that was one of my other concerns is like and i have this whole idea that like if you're going to be holding a massive event where people, tourists or just attendees are going to be there, you might need to create at some point some sort of apparatus where you have to literally vaccinate those people who are coming in. Like maybe one day mm-hmm. that's going to have to be part of the deal. It's not right now. I was like, if there's one co- if there's one country that will do it, it's Japan because they have the Olympics this year. And I'm like, I'll go. <laughs> and like, I'll go to that if it means if 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 it also means that they're vaccinating people to be there because I think it should be a requirement for at least the athletes, but also all the attendees they're hoping to have in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and I, I think we, we're still a ways away from knowing exactly how that turns out, but I'd imagine that all the athletes will be vaccinated as part of, you know, whatever it is that they're planning for yeah. the for the Olympics. Yeah. Okay. I know that we always end up on these either pandemic or MWC tangents. Side tangents. I mean, it's the year we live in, right? Yeah. It, I've, I know that I've talked about it to death on certain po- on a number of podcasts, but it just keeps coming up. And it came up again when, when literally shows close to home made this decision. So I'm like, what's what's the deal? Why? Like, I, I, I get this weird, like, I'm pulled in two different directions, you know? Uh, Jaime, on the other hand, was like, what are you talking about? I'm going. Like there's, I'm, I'm going to go, there's no way I'm not going. So I'm like, okay, I get where the two perspectives are. And I like exploring that. Um, speaking of exploration, there is a, another announcement. We're just kind of doing the top headlines for this first half of the show. The, um, the FPV drone by DJI was just announced. I'm looking at one of the reviews right now, text reviews from the verge, fast and furious, but 
and the big but for any of these new products uh, is, of course, the price. Now, twelve ninety nine already makes your heart jump, but what you do get, I'm, I've been reading this up. What you do get with this drone is kind of kind of interesting. Now, the drone itself kind of screams surveillance to me just by the way that it's shaped. Like the camera's front and center, it's small, able to get into. Um, it's able to get into small places. Um, it's like, it's literally the, the quadrocopter once again. Um, and then you get the controller, obvious if you've ever used a DJI drone, how that would turn out, but it actually comes with the first person view goggles in this kit. It's part of the reason why it's 1299. Mm -hmm. I find that to be pretty interesting. And I think the goggles, if you buy them separately to use with their other drones, I think they're like $400. Maybe. Uh, so, I mean, they're not they're not cheap by any means, um, but they've had them for, for a little bit, at least a year, year and a half. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've personally spent a thousand bucks on the original Mavic Pro. And I was telling you before we got started that I've, since I've owned it, which is, I think, four years now, I've probably put in less than 50 hours of flight time. Uh, so it's practically brand new, despite the fact that I've crashed it a couple times. Um, what did you do? Um, I was chasing my children and I crashed into a tree. Ah, always line of sight, bro. Like that that was, no, it was total. I, it was line of sight and I, uh, miscalculated how far I was going. And then it crashed into a tree a second time because I had, uh, got the low battery warning and it was doing its return to home. And it was underneath a tree at the time. And so I was trying to fight its automatic return to home because it was going to go up to like 50 feet and then return to home. And I was like, no, you cannot go up right now. You're underneath a huge tree. I literally did that. Um, okay. So after after a show one time, I thought, I want to say it was my first NAM show uh, in Vegas. Was it NAM? No, NAB. NAB show in Vegas. Uh, Jonathan Feist, who works over at Android Authority still, um, he and I went to that show together. And afterwards, I was like, hey, we're going to be here for a couple of days after. Why don't we just plan a couple of fun things to do? I brought my Mavic Pro. I also got the same one that you did. And I brought it out with him to the... Um because at the time we were, he he also runs another site called Drone Rush. It was all about drones, and mm-hmm. we went out to. I think it was it was in the Valley of Fire. I think it was Red Rock Canyon, and we started flying it. But I didn't realize that the battery level was where it was at some point, and I was already over the canyon. So, admittedly, I will admit on the show, it was in nature. It wasn't around other people at all. Like it was very desolate, but I, it was out of my line of sight. So I will admit to that right now so it was over the canyon and then i was like oh snap the the battery's about to die so i hit return to home but the problem was return to home was fighting against the lack of battery life so Mm -hmm. it was constantly descending during its coming back from home so i had to i had to put it into turbo mode or sport mode and like really make it like crank over to where i was and i got it to land maybe like a hundred yards away from me so we had to walk all the way there and get it But at one point it was going over the canyon and it could have been lost like at the top of that hill. There's no way I was getting up there. Yeah. Well, and so one of the things you talked about the price here. Yes. It's not the most expensive drone within their lineup. I mean, the Mavic 2 Pro is 1600 bucks. And imagine if you 
lose it the way you and I could have lost. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and I, I think everybody goes through that at some point. I mean, for, for those of who, who are listening and know that I traveled across the U.S. for 15 months uh, while living in an RV, uh, we used to, that's when I used the drone the most, you know, going out in nature and just getting some great panoramic shots with the drone. But, you know, I was always tempted to like, how far can I go? And when you're in the middle of nowhere and there's nobody around, there's these beautiful mountains, you know, forests and rivers, uh, the shots that you can get are absolutely incredible. But I had a couple times where I got a scare, you know, you're looking at the percentage of battery life remaining and how, you know, you're still 3000 feet away. Like it's not going to make it, it's not going to make it, but it did every time. You think, I think the goggles can add a little bit more, well, you have to be experienced as a flyer to begin with, obviously, but the FPV goggles will allow you to see what's coming and hopefully you'll have awareness of what's behind it because they say line of sight, but you have the goggles on, you don't have line of sight. You're not looking at the Mm -hmm. drone floating in space, right? So you're actually the drone. So that's, it's more fun. It could be a little bit safer, I suppose, if you're that good of a flyer. Um, But yeah, I mean, it, it's probably really fun, but I don't, but like you said, I don't think that we've really adopted drone flying. I think, I think early days with Mavic Pro, it was still sort of like the wild west as far as regulations are concerned. And now there's so few places for us to enjoy flying because it is enjoyable. It is a very fun experience. We just can't oh, do it. I mean, a lot. It, you can, it's just, I don't know. I, I simply just don't have the time. You know, just Fair. just like I don't have the time to go play video games. It's like it takes 15 minutes to make sure I have everything for the drone. I got to go outside or I have to go drive somewhere and then set it up. And by the time you're flying for 20 minutes, you've spent an hour just trying to get that 20 minutes of footage. Um, so it's it's something like if I, it was more of a hobby for me that I actually use the footage for something uh, other than just like, Hey, I got some cool footage. Um, but uh, last time I used it was August when we went camping. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and the only reason I actually flew it was because we were doing a vlog and I was like, I just need some drone footage footage to add to the vlog. If I wasn't vlogging, I wouldn't have flown the drone. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get to our break and get into the last part of the episode. Yeah. I remember, uh, back when Mavic pro was still all the rage that was like the one that we used, obviously. Um, Casey Neistat, who used to use it for all of his vlogs on the daily. Like you can just imagine how much work he was putting in just to get those few seconds of amazing B-roll. I remember one time they asked him, uh, how, what, what, what advice do you have for new vloggers? And he just looks straight into the camera and he goes, no one gives a crap about your drone footage. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it doesn't matter. I do it. I probably shouldn't. Um, but if you are not starting your vlog or you're not starting making your content because you're like, Oh, I got to get this drone shot. No one cares. (laughs) Stop, stop wasting all the money on that. Stop wasting all of your time on that. Get creating. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then, and then, and now the Mavic pro is collecting dust. (laughs) Is nothing sacred anymore? Like it just feels like. We get, because obviously being part of the industry, we get, 
to be in contact with these companies and we get to have the we literally have the hype because we're going to be part of the releases of new phones and whatnot do you ever get kind of bummed out seeing just how robust some of these teasers and leaks end up being that you know for the consumer that's one thing but for us like the 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 excitement kind of dies down at least for me yeah it's one of those things where you know it honestly the the hype around phones is built up mainly by the companies you know slowly seeding information you know whether they're seeding information to leakers or if they're teasing things publicly um you know they they build up the hype and then they kind of can overdo it sometimes by releasing too much um it's trying to find that perfect balance and it seems like these last couple years we've gotten to the point of you know, a week before a phone is actually revealed, we know every single thing about this device. Everybody does who's been following the news. So, and yeah. I think that's that's the point this time around too. Well, one of the big leaks that happened not too long ago that you and I actually spoke about uh, was the OnePlus 9 Pro, which purportedly, purportedly, reportedly, I'm trying to think, because reportedly means it's fact, but purportedly it's like supposed. Um, the camera on the OnePlus 9 Pro has the Hasselblad branding on it, which obviously means that OnePlus is probably getting their own camera partner, kind of like Sony with uh, Zeiss and Huawei with Leica. Uh, and now we're getting a look, not really a look, but the teaser that we got from OnePlus themselves is this uh, this shot of... Now, I didn't even click the the, the actual photo. And and then you said right before the show, it's a picture of Earth from the moon. And I was like, oh, I thought it was a picture of the moon because that makes obvious sense of how we're actually going to get these kinds of shots. But OK, they went they took it one step further and it's a picture of the Earth from the moon. Obviously, this means super far zoom slash night shot slash put that together, get something called moonshot. And we have we have some examples of that in our smartphones already. And they, they actually have a teaser page on their website, oneplus.com slash moonshot. That's going, their teaser page. Going there now. Yeah. Which is just the image. Yeah. Something new is on the horizon. I just was scrolling through my Twitter when I saw this and I'm like, oh, a shot of the moon. Okay. We're going to get space zoom or space shot or whatever you want to call it. Moonshot. Um, okay, cool. But then you said it's the earth and I'm like, oh, that's clever. Like kind of clever. But this brings us full circle back to a rumor that we talked about a while back of a Hasselblad integration into the cameras on the OnePlus. Because for those who don't know, the first cameras to go to the moon and take pictures of the Earth from the moon, probably this picture right here, was a Hasselblad camera. Oh, yeah. Someone did mention that. That's a pretty nice that's a pretty nice little deep cut there. Yeah, so it's it's kind of this full circle thing of hey, they're teasing this Hasselblad integration by hey, the Hasselblad camera was the first to take a picture of the earth from from the moon. So, uh it'll be interesting to see. I mean, uh we talked about this, I don't know, it was like 2 weeks ago about, you know, the leaks that uh Dave2D had shared. And, you know, what, what this actually means, is it just, you know, putting Hasselblad on the back of the camera, 
and calling it a day. Is it an actual real integration with their camera team? Are they working on the sensors? Are they working with them on imaging processing or the lenses themselves? We don't know at this point, but according to the teasers, stay tuned. We'll know more on March 8th. And apparently March 8th is just going to be a day when we get more details. It's not going to be, well, uh, okay, according to a couple of other speculation slash leaks, March 8th is its own day of announcements, but the actual release or rather announcement of the phone physically is later. Yes, correct. So March 8th, I I think maybe they're going to have some, you know, maybe they'll talk about what this Hasselblad integration is. Maybe they're going to reveal something else as well. I don't know. Uh, Right now, there's rumors that I think there's going to be three phones announced. That's what the rumors are claiming, possibly uh, some accessories as well. Um, So who knows? Maybe maybe they want to get the accessories out of the way or release one of the phones earlier than the others. I'm clueless at the, as of this point. I would be happy with a new uh, OnePlus uh, Bullets Wireless, like an updated one, um, because those those headphones have always been so reliable. It's one of my favorite products from OnePlus, and it's got the neckband. I know that people are like, truly wireless or nothing at all, but those neckbands are really useful. <laughs> like, I was, always a, I was always a fan of those. I'll let you keep them. I'm not a fan. Really? You know the next Yeah, I'm I, I was so, I was an early adopter of the LG tones. Do you remember the tones? I was all about them. Ah, <laughs> oh, the tones. I remember when everybody got the tones for free with whatever phone they bought on Verizon. Oh yeah. And so everybody and their mom had was walking around with the LG tones, which was good, you know, accessory to give away to people. I think that was probably the first Bluetooth headphones that a lot of people had, but I was like, man, those things are so annoying. (laughs) The only ones uh, that I ever liked about the bands that go around the neck was uh, ones from Vmoda because they made them so light and so thin, you actually forgot that you were wearing them around your neck. And uh, they were super nice to go out jogging or running and stuff like that. Because when if you wanted to take them off, you could take them off and then like wrap them around each other and you could continue running without feeling like they were around your neck. Mm. Yeah, Um, I just I just pulled up the other you mentioned earlier about um, the different variants and colors. I actually just found that article. Uh, But yeah, it looks like Codename Lemonade. Uh, the device is OnePlus 9, obviously. There's going to be some variants for T-Mobile and Verizon, but the OnePlus 9 Pro looks like it's going to be a T-Mobile thing, while the OnePlus 9 is a Verizon thing. Different colors that include astral black. There's a glossy gradient purple. Who knows? Like, <laughs> who, who knows where it's going to go from here? <laughs> well, and I was pretty impressed with the OnePlus 8 devices last year. I, I was with both of them. Honestly, I, I we gave an editor's choice award to the regular OnePlus 8 just for the value that it offered uh, at the price point and you know the performance and the cameras are really good as well for for a OnePlus device. Obviously, the OnePlus 8 Pro was a little bit better, but the price difference between those two made the 8 even more compelling, at least from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can you know deliver a sub- substantial upgrade to the experience they had last year on both of these devices, I, I think it's going to be a home run for them. Yeah, uh, let's. Uh, we, we will continue to speculate wildly, but. The March 8th announcement is just just under a week from now, so we'll, we'll get to know more uh, by the time our Tuesday show happens again. Uh, from OnePlus, though, we go to what everyone always jokes is the 
do we want to say parent sibling company sister sister something like that sister company S- sister company big, Oppo. big brother big brother <laughs> big brother um oppo so now we have even more teasers coming out of oppo's next device which back in the day we used to think that the find or the no it was the find series it wasn't the reno was it the reno which line from oppo gave us a look into what the oneplus might end up being it was the find right that was what we always speculated i think it was always the find the reno was their kind of mid-range mm-hmm and yeah. we're 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 already just past the Reno Five Pro, and you have been on it for the last few days. Or I have, days. yeah, yeah. All right. So now, with the Reno out of the way, we are purportedly about to get the find. And you sent me this this. So you sent me this on on our chat before we got on the show. Um, Evan Blast has already blasted pun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The Find X3 Pro in a video that is on YouTube. So let me let me let me click this real quick. I hope it doesn't mess up my audio. But it's it's literally three minutes long. It's a, it's a short film. It's gonna take you a while to watch it. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna mute it and put it on the side. But yeah, like look at this. So now. it's this. It's it's. A mini commercial, or a very long commercial, essentially. It's a science fiction depiction of somebody going to a planet searching for a crystal and finding this crystal while they're using the Oppo Find X3 Pro. Uh, but it kind of Whoa. goes through and highlights all of the features of the device, which is kind of crazy because, I don't know, it's still, what, 10 days away from the product launch still? I don't, yeah, I don't even know, but yeah, it's going through the, the features, 120 Hertz dynamic refresh rate. Well, um, they highlight the billion color display, mm-hmm. billion color camera. Uh, yeah. This dis- is a high production thing. Like this is some, oh, yeah. this is some interstellar stuff right here. Oh yeah. It's very high, like lots of CGI in there. They, they probably spent a couple million dollars at least like I'd say 10 to get this three-minute commercial produced, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. What I love about these commercials, and I think I, I, I think I had this, um, this audible reaction to an Apple commercial that I saw recently for their watch and how it does um, sleep tracking. It showed a woman falling asleep, hitting the sleep app on her watch, and then she sunk into the bed, and it became like this dreamscape. And I was like, "It's not th- like it's like five gum." Like, what's it like to chew five gum? And it's like... <laughs> this, this is what it's like. No, I saw that Apple Watch commercial, and for half the commercial, I thought it was a new pillow or a new mattress commercial. <laughs> it was like a purple commercial, right? And like sinking into the bed. Uh, yeah, very aspirational, right? This is what your watch will make you feel like when you're sleeping. I'm like, no, it actually makes me feel uncomfortable because I don't want to wear a watch while I'm sleeping. There you go. Actually, they should talk about how it's better as like, like focus on the practical rather than the fantastical is what I usually Mm -hmm. say. So it's the best wake up alarm because the haptics engine, all that stuff, that's what they should say. In any case, the reason why I brought that up is because I'm watching this three minute commercial and I'm like everything else, but the phone is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the phone is pretty amazing as well. So it shows off. I agree. I agree. Like there's some dope stuff being shown here. It's supposed to have this macro camera. I think they called it like a microscope camera. Micro lens. It, micro lens camera. And like it yeah, showed 
I sixty times sixty times micro lens. What in the frick? Yeah, so I have no clue how that's going to play out. Like it's <laughs> like a macro camera on steroids. Um, but yeah, something different than what we've seen. Like I've complained about macro cameras for the last year about how manufacturers need to stop putting them on smartphones because they're just a waste of time and space. Um, and I don't know, a, a 60x micro camera. I don't know what that really means. Yeah, they're 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 trying to exude microscopic or something like that. What do you take of the? Uh, I'm, I'm I have it paused on this one shot of the actual phone as uh, as the woman's trying to take a picture of something. By the way, would it really be phones that we take with us to space if we have this level of technology? <laughs> but um, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> what do you make of the design? Um, because I see that. The camera hump, you got like three and a half lenses. I say a half because the, 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 the tiny one's probably the macro lens. But the hump like kind of, there's like a slope rather than yeah, and just we've being seen, like a bump. We've seen this in a lot of the leaked images already. So it's, it's a glass back, presumably, and it like slopes into the camera hump rather than just being a cutout or, you know, a metal ring around it. Uh, so it's more more organic feeling, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it looks odd in all, all the pictures that I've seen so far make it look odd, but seeing it in the video makes it look a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it's going to be like in person. You know what? Um, I just got to the end of the commercial and... It's revealed that it's all on a soundstage. It, it, it pulls back and it's a video. Yeah, they're they're producing my a video. I I uh, I okay, fine. Oppo, I take back my criticism. You're not you're not. It is practical. There's a practicality. It's just it was just all a soundstage. Okay, okay. I will I will I will hang back a bit. <laughs> yeah, the the last scene is uh, they're recording on the phone. Uh, it's it's showing like a dedicated like video mode there that's different than what Oppo's had before. But then it pulls back and the phone is on, you know, big gimbal, and they're on a sound sound stage showing that like it was recorded with the phone as well. I doubt any of that was actually recorded with the device because we've seen that before from other companies. Like, hey, we took this picture with this phone. I'm like, no, you didn't. Exactly. It was also a headline that it was proven wrong. Wasn't that Huawei? I think that was Huawei that did that. Oh, it was Huawei. It was Samsung. It was a handful of different companies that have done <laughs> it. Yeah, over and over and over again. So I guess uh, to round out this discussion, my, my question here is how hyped are you for these phones with all the things that we get to know already about it? Um... I mean, here's the thing. I don't get hyped about phones anymore just because <laughs> we're using so many phones all the time. Yeah. That being said, there are phones that are, you know, just an iteration over last year. And then there's phones that are different from last year. And uh, this is actually looks pretty different than what we got last year because there's no mention of the zoom camera that we had on last year's Find X2 Pro. Uh, the design is no leather. completely different. Yeah, no leather. I really liked. I, I, they didn't send me the leather one. They sent me the, the black mirror finish one last year, uh, which is nice. But I wanted the leather finish on it. Uh, who knows? They might have a leather finish on this one as well. 
Uh, but yeah, the design is completely different. And the, you know, one thing I really praised Samsung about this year was taking a design approach that's completely different than anything else that's on the market. And this kind of does the same. You know, like yes, we still get a camera bump on the back, but this is a camera bump unlike any other camera bump that's out there. It's just not an iteration on last year's design. So, yeah. and for me, design is is a big big deal because I ninety percent of the time I'm using a phone without a case. Hmm. That's fair. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I, I, it's an interesting look the way it slopes. And I think I did see the renders, um, in, uh, like the leaked renders before I wasn't a big fan of it then, but this video kind of shows it like actually in action. Obviously it's like super high quality capture of it. So it's like, of course it's going to look kind of nice in that video, but hopefully it's the, it translates in the hand. I, I would say I'm probably a little bit more excited for the Oppo than the OnePlus right now. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, like it looks pretty dope. Well, and just remember, like Oppo, OnePlus, they're kind of the same. I, I think maybe the internals of these devices are going to be pretty similar. Oh, yeah. uh, and it's just the exterior that's going to be a little bit different. Of course, software tweaks here and there as well. But uh, performance between the two and the overall experience should be on point for both of the devices. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that covers everything we were going to going to talk about in our Tuesday show. Uh, hopefully, all of you out there have been enjoying hanging out with us earlier on in the week. So if you have been taking a break and just hanging out with myself and Nick, thank you so much. Uh, with that said, I will see you on Friday. I, I got to figure out there, there are a couple of things we have planned. Uh, but in any case, Friday is when the next episode will come out and we will see you then. With all that said, we'll get into the outro starting now. For all of the links to follow Nick Gray, Fandroid, and myself, you can find all of that in the show notes. From there, though, you can find PocketNow at PocketNow.com for all of the latest headlines. You can follow PocketNow across social media networks at PocketNow. And of course, head on over to the YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash PocketNow for content that is coming out pretty much every single day. With all of that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this episode of the PocketNow Weekly Podcast. This segment, I got to get used to that still. But in any case, we will see you in the next one, and that will be on Friday. See you then.